Well, hey, Megan, thanks for jumping in and joining us today for the Pastors Roundtable. Thanks for, for joining us today. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, so let's jump way back when, when we first met way back uh, in a house in Atlanta with a bunch of youth pastors, a coaching group, and uh, you were a youth pastor. I was a youth pastor at the time, and you were like on the pioneering edge of women in ministry. And I really think that, man, here we are many years later, and I still think there's a lot of kind of pioneering even going into that kind of world, right? And so you know, for all the ladies out there, or even for some of the guys, what, you know, kind of working with ladies, what encouragement would you give to them? Let's, let's kind of jump in first with just kind of the ladies. What would you encourage them with? Um, what advice would you kind of give them as they're jumping into ministry here? Well, honestly, I think probably what I would say is, you know, you don't have to hustle really hard in the sense of trying to make a place for yourself. I, I, you're tempted to feel that way because as women, sometimes we're like, oh, how am I going to get seen? How am I going to get heard? I'm not the first one picked for the team, you know, uh, but what's incredible is when I, I truly believe that your gifts and your God will make a way for you. And so when you are faithful with what you've been given, like you will be entrusted with more. So with every opportunity that you can like say yes, fully show up, show your best. Um, but don't just look for those, those kind of spotlight moments, like be faithful with everything. You know, I had to learn along the way to, to stop, um, waiting for someone else's like permission and invitation and validation to make a way for my gifts. Like if God gave me those gifts, then I'm to use them in the everyday. And as I use them faithfully and passionately, like they will make a way for me. So I would just encourage women with that because sometimes we think, oh, well, when I get the opportunity, then I'm going to show up, but show up every day, being faithful to do the things that God created you to do and just watch and see what happens. Yeah. So good. Now, what about on the flip side, the guys, right? Like the guys, what would you want the guys to know that are working with these ladies? Um, I've just talked to, you know, it's, it's still pretty new, right? So what would you encourage some of the guys? How can we support you guys? How can we come alongside? Uh, what would you like for us to know? Well, I mean, if you want me just to go there, you know, I'm a little bit of a truth teller here, Ryan. And since I'm just looking at come you, on, bring it I on. <laughs> I can't see who's out there. So, you know, if you feel like your toes are getting stepped on that, that's got to be in your own heart. But I will say this, you better be so grateful for the women that surround you because guaranteed, um, I, I just, it's hard. I know I'm biased, but I believe that they're working like a hundred times harder to do some of the same things only because for me as a wife, as a mom, as like taking care of the, the home and also doing all the ministry things. Like I love it. My husband and I head out on a trip and he's like, let's go. And I'm like, okay, but you know, you just get to go. I got to think through what's happening with the kids. Who's feeding the animals. How are we doing this? What's the Right. And I still show up and give hundred percent to the ministry. So I would just say, be so grateful, like affirm them and um, just let them be them and do their thing. Uh, because there are so many amazing women. I meet more and more every single day that God is using to revolutionize uh, what ministry looks like and to pave a way for the future women. And so um, I would just say, give them props, like, like applaud them. Um, give them more opportunities because they they're ready. So. So good. So now you're coaching people literally around the nation and around the world. Uh, I mean, hundreds, thousands of people you guys are coaching, right? And so 
what are some of those things that you kind of see over and over again, or just kind of like those roadblocks, maybe um, mentally in their, whatever it might be, that's just kind of limiting them as they move forward. So what are some of those things you kind of see over and over again as you're coaching people? Yeah. So I would definitely say people's majority of people's biggest obstacle is themselves, right? We see that when it comes to people pursuing their health goals, their financial goals, their spiritual goals, like we just get in our own way. And so I think I really help coach people to get out of their own way and to focus on the future that they desire to create, to focus on how they can show up and win today, right? One day at a time um, to partner kind of with their their desired future self to to begin to, to become the person that they know is deep within them instead of falling back to who they used to be or who they fear that they're going to be. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest things I see, um, a lot of people, they just, they still give in to the limiting beliefs, you know, that there's so much opportunity out there. There's so much potential. And like, I have a love hate relationship with that word potential, right? <laughs> Cause you hate to see someone who's got potential, not use it and let it, um, get wasted. But I would just say, um, for most people, and I venture to say probably even most of us would raise our hand here on, you know, listening to this today is yeah, I get in my own way. So helping people say, no, I I'm going to embrace the obstacle as the way, even if that means like I'm the obstacle, the best part about that is that if I'm the obstacle, I'm also the way. I'm also like, if I embrace that and figure out how to break through that, then I am the one who can lead me to my greatest success, my greatest fulfillment, stepping into my greatest calling um, and breaking through. And sometimes that takes getting the right community, getting the right accountability, right? Um, obviously that is made up in our habits. So I would say, you know, learning how to, to lead yourself well, which when I go back to ministry days and being like full-time in the church and you're on nights and weekends and doing all the things and it's never ending, right? It gets so pizza all the time. All can we just talk about, I, I cannot eat pizza anymore. No, no more Papa John's just saying, okay. That's right. um, <laughs> so, but you go back to those days where it gets so easy. You mean well, but all of a sudden you're like, when's the last time that I led myself well? and carved out time to make sure that like I was running um, at full capacity and not on empty, right? And so I just, I, I try to train people, empower them, encourage them and, and provide ways where they can learn how to lead themselves well so that everything is the overflow of that versus running on empty all the time, getting in my own way, tripping up because I haven't filled myself up. My, I haven't taken much for my input and I'm trying to output and I ain't got nothing left. You know what I'm saying? So that'd yeah. probably be the biggest thing. Okay. So you stepped out and like had to re restart from scratch. You've been in ministry for a really long time. Uh, and so you started from scratch, kind of like just jumped out there, jumped off the cliff and just said, we're all in. Right. So talk about that. Cause that's scary, right. To go from everything, you know, really safe into this great unknown and have to start all over. So what was that process like? How did you just make the jump? Yeah. Well, I would say the process first started with us knowing that, that the next season needed to look and feel a little bit different for our marriage and for our family. And a lot of times, I think when we feel this stirring, it's like this stirring of like, okay, something needs to change. We, most people do one of two things, right? We either lean into that and start asking some really tough questions and exploring that, or like most of us, we avoid it. 
oh, that's going to be too hard. I don't know where that's going to lead me. I'm just going to keep doing what I know to do. This is, this is the path I chose. This is the only path for me. If I leave this path, then what is everyone going to think? What is God going to think? What, you know, and we get all sort of wrapped up in that. And I avoided it for a while, but once I really leaned in, you know, there's something like my daughter was about to turn 10 and I couldn't shake this feeling of this idea of a decade. Like we've been running at this pace for a decade and my gosh, I am going to have her in my house for less time than I've already had her. And then she's going to be gone. Do I really want the next decade to look like the last one? And if not, what needs to change? What would I regret if she was 20 and we lived this same decade over again? And so I began to lean in and ask those hard questions. And my husband and I began to pray and we tried to, you know, sometimes you have to take the next best step. You don't know where that's going to lead, but we were looking at what was around us. We were looking at what was available to us. My husband had recently lost like 80 pounds and was dreaming again and had come to life again. And we had this opportunity to help other people kind of take their health back and really like get, get to become the best version of themselves and show up differently in their marriage and in their family and in their career. And um, it was crazy what was happening. I just kept leaning in, God, what's the next best step? And so as we did that, we felt like we were supposed to take this leap and it wasn't leaving ministry for us. I had to come to terms with the fact that other people would always think that and say that um, and kind of get over that. But I will say um, that it was a little bit of a hurdle for me, but I began to recognize just because my assignment changed, it didn't mean that my calling had changed. And so we took that leap from, you know, what was the four walls of church ministry into a different kind of marketplace ministry and um, I've had no regrets since it was it felt a little lonely at first it felt a little crazy sometimes um, but I'm grateful every day for the the man and the woman that were brave enough to step out almost six years ago and say yes and do that so tough to just kind of take the leap. Uh, and, uh, you know, let's jump ahead. At the time of this recording, you guys just wrapped up a, a conference. Uh, you guys have been doing this for a little while. And uh, in the past, it's been all, all in person. And so people have come in from around the nation to be there in person. But this year, obviously, things are different. And so uh, you did a hybrid. So you guys had um, what a little over 70 people in person and then had sites literally around the nation that were virtual and just kind of set some context there. Um, it wasn't just people in their homes, but you, there was different people that had gatherings. So they would meet in homes and 30, 40 people or in a church location. So um, not just a bunch of individuals, but uh, different groups around the nation. And so um what did you guys learn going from traditional model of, hey, everybody has to come here to be with us in person to a hybrid? Because so many people, so many churches, so many events um, are hybrid right now. So what did you guys learn? What did you experience doing that? Oh, we learned a lot. Well, I, you know, we just felt like when this event was rolling around, we knew how badly our team needed to be together. And I know we're in a season where they say, don't gather, don't gather, but we were like, we have got to find a way. We understand maybe it's not the best to do what we've always done, but like, what can we do? And what is amazing is again, when you embrace the obstacle as the way, right? So like, how can this work for us? Okay, it doesn't need to happen to us. It's like, okay, how can this work for us? And so we said, well, what if we just do a live event? We ask all of our leaders to step up 
and to host an event, maybe for the very first time. You're right, some of those had eight people, some of those had 80 people, some of them met in churches, some of them met in homes, and we streamed from the live event here in Phoenix and had speakers though streaming in from all over the country. And I can't tell you how full my heart is today after seeing pictures and hearing stories and getting messages from people who were like, I just needed community so bad. And so I'm so glad that we did the extra work and learned lots of new things of how to, I mean, Ryan, if I were to tell you, like I rented a church that we could do this event at and realized the week of that the church used a hotspot for their online services and I didn't even have the hardwired internet that I needed to run this. And I was like, we got this, right? I mean, we literally were running cables over to a neighbor's house. No joke. Like we were like, we will find a way, right? And you know what? Our hosts had to do a lot of the same thing. And now these leaders have stepped up. So many of them have grown because they said yes and stepped into their fear and did things they've never done before. And the conversations were amazing because people could go deeper because they were smaller groups and the moments they were able to create together was incredible. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever go back to all gathering all in one spot. I mean, it's pretty awesome. I really miss that, but I definitely won't take away these smaller events led by people who are needing to step into a new place of leadership. I, I think some of the, one of the things that we do as, as pastors, as leaders, as coaches, whatever, that, that can be a big mistake is we micromanage and we lead too much instead of empowering other people to step up. People who aren't really qualified, people who don't have what it takes yet. But you know what, Ryan, how did we figure it out? We figured it out because somebody gave us the chance to do it and fail and do it again, right? So I'm, I'm so grateful. It went amazing. Okay, so that's a big thing. So you are coaching all these people, right? And, um, but you're leading the conference, it's your conference. And you're saying, we're gonna delegate that to people around the nation who a lot of them, you probably, like you said, haven't had the experience. Um, you know, some of them are pastors and so they're kind of used to leading these kinds of things. I'm sure you got a lot of people that aren't used to leading these kinds of events. Right. And so yeah. talk about that, just that, that delegating that releasing. Cause I'm sure just this, I know a lot of us are like this, like I got to hold on to, I got to make, what if they mess up? What if they say something wrong? What if they don't get back on? What if they log off? I can't like, there's just all these mistakes that could go along. So talk about that, just that delegating, that releasing, um, cause that's gotta be, uh, kind of scary at first. It is. Um, but I think I've come to a great place in my life, maybe by the, maybe it's something about getting into my forties, you know, but I'm kind of like, gotta get rid of that, like perfectionist thing. And, um, sometimes we just look too good to be true. And that, that, sends people away. I think when they see us making the mistakes, I mean, if you could see me and my husband behind the scenes or when, you know, the broadcast wasn't on and our, our local people cracked up, we're like, okay, this isn't going, going according to plan. Here we go. We're going to like do it this way. And we just roll with it. You know what it does is it empowers them to go, wow. Okay. They're not perfect. They can't get it right. Maybe, maybe it's okay that I'm growing and I'm learning and I'm becoming, and I can do this too. 
And that should be our greatest goal is like to be able to help people say, um, hey, if I can do this, you can do this. And for them to embrace that. And so, yes, we tried to do due diligence and we had all the hosts. We had a couple trainings to really walk them through the schedule and what part was happening live and what part they needed to create, what environment they needed to create, the thing, the conversations they needed to have. Um, when they broke their group into small groups, we provided that content for them, but then we released them to make it their own. You know, we did awards at each local location because we believe in celebrating and honoring people and we want to, you know, reward what we want repeated. And I just said, I'm not going to figure it out. You can go figure out how to make awards. I don't care if you get like medals from party city. I don't care if you get a made at the sports place down the street, like just get some awards. It's about the moment. It's not about the token, you know, just do it. We did, um, dream napkins, you know, which is something my husband and I do. And so some people like we gave them links and they ordered special awaken napkins and other people they wrote on theirs it didn't matter, right? Like as long as they just stepped up and did it. And so um, what's amazing is how many people were like, oh my gosh, I've never had to make a banner before. I've never had to order this. I never had to, wow, this is not as easy as I thought. I'll tell you what, I got a lot more um, positive comments than critiques this time. <laughs> and it was awesome. Cause when you share the burden, people get it and they, their investment goes through the roof. We probably had a lot more people than we would have local because they knew all of what was happening and they could with their heart, invite people and say, Hey, I'm part of this. I'm going to be leading this come join. And so I think we had more attend more in attendance because there were so many leaders. So hi, what do you think? Are you hearing people say that you think that, I mean, you kind of mentioned like, now we're going to go back to all in person. So are you kind of feeling like you're leaning in even more coming out of this event? Like, man, that, that worked for us. Let's, let's lean into it. Or are you kind of like, pushing back. They know how, how soon can we get back to all in person? What are you, what are you sensing? What are you feeling? Um, I, I think to be honest, I'm just at a place after the last like 18 months of just kind of going, uh, I'm going to, I, I can't make a decision now. I'm going to have to see where the world is at, where people are at and kind of like whether. It, yeah. I think if we learned anything last 18 <laughs> months is it's like, just, we'll just take it. What, what's tomorrow happening? <laughs> exactly. I just love that where, you know, there is a solution, we will embrace whatever obstacle and we will figure out a way to gather and to empower and to um, excite people. So we'll figure it out one way or the other, but I did love this, this model. And I'm so glad we didn't just do a virtual event. So many virtual events are happening without the gathering or the community. And this one by far exceeded our expectations and hopes. And the feedback is crazy just because they got to be together. Yeah. And that's, what's hard is that you've got people that are live there. Um, but I think what was great, what I saw and what you're kind of saying there is that there were at every location, live elements that were, Hey, we're going to take a break from the, you know, the broadcast now, and you're going to go into these live elements. Right. And so those leaders were empowered to create those live elements. Um, and I saw some of the, the other locations have, you know, brought in their own guest speakers for some elements or they let it themselves. And so you allow them to kind of customize it to what works best for them. Uh, I think that's so great. So let's switch gears here a little bit. Uh, and you wrote a book, uh, uh, No Place Like Known. And uh, would love for you to just kind of tell us that word known obviously is a, is a key element there. So when you say that, what does that really mean? Um, to be known? What does that, what does that look like? What do really mean? I think it's one of our deepest desires is to be known and loved for who we are. You know, when you think about, um, I've heard it said so many times, but people's 
like the number one regret on people's deathbeds is that they didn't live a life true to themselves, but they were trying so hard to like please everybody around them. And they have regrets about that. And for me, it's like, I know my faults and my weaknesses. I know how imperfect I am. I mean, that imposter syndrome comes in some, some days when I'm stepping up to lead or get on the mic or make that video or do whatever. And it's like, who do you think you are? Right. You were just fighting with your husband and yelling at your kids. And you know, you, you, you didn't, you didn't, didn't show up for yourself today. And now you're just going to get up here and, you know, and those voices and those things come in. But um, when someone can know you and really love you fully. There's something so fulfilling about that. And so, you know, as a teenager, I, I began to understand, I had kind of a revelation moment where I realized, okay, I am known and loved by God through my journey in my twenties, as I began to be vulnerable and real with who I was unashamedly, like I began to be known by others, but I will tell you, it was probably in my thirties, as I stepped out to do crazy things and go into the unknown and face the real things that before I would shove down. Instead, I let them rise up and I dealt with them. The power of stepping in and knowing my true self, you get that combination together. And honestly, but having being known by God, being known by others and knowing yourself fully, there is, there's no place and no power like being known. So give us a couple of tips. How do we you know, you, you talked about going through your 20s and your 30s, you kind of found these deeper levels of yourself. And so uh, give us a couple of tips. How do we begin to be, to know ourselves, become known um, even to ourselves? And do you find that in your coaching, people are scared, kind of timid to find out about themselves? Absolutely. I mean, I, I can't remember what, you know, don't, don't quote me on my numbers, but it's something like we think like, I don't know how many tens of thousands, 60, 70, 80,000 thoughts a day, right? But 95% of those are the same thoughts that we thought yesterday, right? Like we subconsciously do the same thing over and over. And sometimes you, you wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror and you're like, how did I, how did I get here? Like, I just have been doing this thing. I've been operating in this way. I've been believing these beliefs for so long that you almost need a disruption, right? And sometimes life will bring that to you, whether you like it or not. And sometimes you have to create it. You know, sometimes it's in the form of like taking a sabbatical. I know so many people who avoid the quiet, like the plague, because we don't always love what we hear when we lean into the quiet, but there's so much that can happen and be revealed. If you have daily solitude, if you get around people who expand your thinking, they almost make you uncomfortable because they think differently. They believe differently. They ask you questions that you don't have all the answers for. Some of us as pastors and leaders, we haven't been in a room lately that we aren't leading and that's not healthy. I'm leaving some, some intentional pause there to think about that. Okay. Cause you got to get in rooms where you are not the smartest person. Your opinion doesn't count the most. You do feel small. Do you know how healthy it is for your ego to feel small? So I would say like intentionally getting quiet, intentionally getting around people who can like rock your mindset and make you think, um, choosing to invest in yourself in in going like growing as a person. And um, I would say too, I, I probably should have said this with, with the men and women thing, but this more pertains to spouses, but I can't believe how many um, women I'm encountering these days who have been simply traveling next to their husband as he chases their dreams and has not been asked, what do you want in life? 
What do you want most? If you could do what you wanted to every day, or you could do what fulfills you every day, what would that be? Right. And so just being willing to ask yourself the hard questions or have someone that you love ask you those questions, um, you'd be amazed at, at what can happen and try new things. Can I just say that? That's my last tip. Try new things. If you have not done something new, go to a new place, do something that scares you, um, that makes you feel like, oh my gosh, there's no way I can do that. I mean, for some of you, it just might be like a karaoke bar, right? I don't know. For some of you, it might be jumping out of a plane. For some of you, it might be, um, stepping into a room with a bunch of people that make you feel small. I don't know what that is, but those are the things that help you get to know you and give you the opportunity to grow. Yeah. I've heard people say, you know, pick up a new habit that you have it, you know, a, a new hobby, I should say, uh, you know, like basket weaving or painting, you know, just to kind of stretch yourself, get yourself out of there. And so what would you say to that person that's like just scared? They're just scared. Well, I don't want it. What if I find something out about myself that I don't want to know? Or, or I don't, you know, what, what encouragement would you give to them? Um, well, I always say do it scared, but then I also would say like, Ryan, if you said that to me, I would say, Ryan, let's picture life like 10 years from now. Like how old, how old will you be in 10 years, Ryan? Uh, you know, I'll be a couple years older. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be, I'll be 52. 52. Okay. So that's about me too. So 52. Like, I kind of want you to envision, like, what do you want life to be like at 52, right? What do you want to be feeling? What do you want to be known for? How do you want people to talk about you when you're not around, right? What do you want people to remember about you? What do you want your kids to say about you? Like, I start to ask those questions because what's amazing is sometimes our, our desire, like what we want so badly will help us overcome the fear of the moment. And like, I know, like for me, I'm like, I get one life. I am not gonna get to 52 and regret the last decade because I cared so much about what people thought. I got lost in social media or lost in the hustle or lost in, in trying to get respected and admired and all the things. And I didn't show up for my teenagers the way that they need me to right now, right? Or I didn't try and do those things that God asked me to do that I might fail at. But it also might create amazing impact if I do it. So I just, I think our future can really, our desired future can really, really affect our fear in the moment and help us to do it scared. Yeah, it kind of pushes you forward. It's, you know, you, when, you, when you can envision something ahead of you, I, I think I was reading the other day, um, talking about that, that the mind doesn't really know the difference when it like sees something versus when like it imagines, it sees, you know, is in the mind's eye kind of a thing. So just like being able to imagine something better, something greater is so powerful. And so you've uh, talked a lot about dreams, dream and chasing your dreams. And so you've got um, some guides, You've got courses you talk about in the book, uh, all kinds of stuff. And so what about that person that uh, maybe has lost their dreams or is dreaming, trying to dream again, right? I mean, so many people come out of this, this past 18 months, two years, almost, or sorry, a year, you know, 18 months uh, has, have kind of lost dreams. Cause like you, we kind of talked about, we kind of joked about, it's like, we're just waiting for tomorrow. Like we don't want to, you know, is it hybrid? Is it in person? Like it's kind of hard to dream. So what, what are you encouraging people to do to say, no, let's get back on the, let's get back up. Let's start dreaming again. What, how do we do that? Where do we start? How do we pick ourselves back up? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And I actually, I work with a lot of people who they're like, my dreamer is broken, right? I set out with dreams a long time ago and I was met with disappointment. I was met with personal failure. I was met with un, unmet expectations, 
all of the things that life can throw at you, right? But again, in that conversation, what is that person doing? They're reflecting on the past. And so again, I point the conversation forward, right? That's what my dream chasing guide is about. I have one for men and one for women. And it just asks a lot of questions. You got to be willing to get quiet. You got to be willing to, to answer the questions, honestly. But if we don't have clarity of what we want, and also, Ryan, I think, if, you know, you probably heard this, but pain is actually five times a more powerful motivator than pleasure is. So it's not just about thinking about what we want. It's about ensuring that what we don't want doesn't happen right? It's kind of going, okay, this is what I, I mean, I, I don't know yet what I want, but this is what I don't want, right? When I'm talking to people about setting their financial goals, some people are like, well, I don't know. I just like, I'm like, well, what do you think of when you think of like money and all that? And they're like, I don't want to be standing at the checkout worried my card will not go through because that is the worst feeling in the world. And I'm like, I've been there. I've left a few carts and it's a terrible feeling. In fact, still today, I'm very financially healthy. <laughs> And I carry extra cards because I hated that feeling, right? And so that person's motivated by what they don't want, right? And so avoiding that pain and then stepping into that future that they do desire. So I, I don't know, that seems to always help me when I'm talking with other people. So good. So good. Any specific, I mean, you've got these guides, right? Any, I mean, you kind of gave me some coaching thoughts, some questions there, um, any, like maybe some coaching tips or questions that can think about to kind of get the, that pot stirring a little bit. I know you say like, what do you want to avoid anything a little bit, uh, a little bit more kind of getting, you know, in the weeds here a little bit yeah. more. I don't want to give out too much of the trade secrets here, but I mean, just a little bit, something that maybe just to stir that pot again, a little bit more of a, a coaching question or something like that might just kind of spark some, some dreams here. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I, Dan and I always joke about how we would be such better pastors if we, um, started right now because of the things we've learned in coaching people. I'm like, oh my gosh, why did I not have these skills before? Right. And I have to tell you, one of my first realizations was I was such a teller. I was such a teller. I could just talk at people all day long. <laughs> and I have met a lot of pastors and leaders who probably would say the same thing. Like, honestly, like next time you have a conversation with somebody, make it the goal where you do 20% of the talking and they do 80%. So your goal is actually just to be the best question asker, because a lot of people actually know what they need to do. They just want you to say something different or you to make it okay, or you to validate something. But if you keep asking them clarifying questions, so what I normally do when I get in a conversation and I, and someone comes to me and they, you know, I have these goals or I want to do this thing, or what do you think about this? I start by asking permission. I just say, Hey, do I have permission just to speak some truth to you or give you some suggestions or ask a few questions today? Okay. Nobody really says no when they're coming to you, but it, it gives them more of an openness yes. To like be willing to listen to you, right? Because not everybody comes really wanting to hear what you have to say. And so I start there and then um, I start to ask them about what do they really want? Because we're not going to focus on the problem. We're going to focus on creating, right? We're not going to react anymore. We want to get out of reacting and getting into creating. Okay. So you're saying you and your husband like don't get along at all. And it's really stressful. Okay. What would you like to create? What would you like for that to look at? It automatically shifts the energy in the conversation. It takes the blaming out and it, we just begin to focus forward, right? And so we begin to talk about that. And then I repeat back to them what I heard them say, because sometimes when they're talking, they don't even totally get what they're saying exactly. So I'm like, okay, so what I hear you saying is 
You'd love to be able to have your husband come home at the end of the day and it to feel peaceful at night and for you guys to be able to connect and have that time together and to be able to pursue some dreams together. Yeah, that's what I really want, right? Repeating, like they feel heard, they feel understood and it's such a better foundation to move forward from. And so if you say, okay, well, what if I had a few suggestions that could help you get what you want? All of a sudden they're like, tell me all the things. I will do all the things if you're going to help me get what I want. And then you just lay out whatever advice you probably would have at the beginning, but you would have just talked at them the whole time. And they may not have even been as open or receiving. And so that's, those are just a few like outlines that I use to like help. And then I also try to do, I end the conversation with making a commitment or a decision and making a very clear, measurable goal. So we leave the meeting saying, okay, so what you decided is that you are actually going to probably um, spend a little bit of time getting yourself at a great place. So when your husband comes home, you know, you feel like you're not going to hit him with all the things that went wrong today, but you also are going to make the request that you get 30 minutes in the evening to just share with him about what's going on with you and find out about what's going on with him. Cause that's important to you. So do you feel like you know how to do that moving forward? And you can do that when you leave today. Yeah, I do. They feel like it's a win. They know what to do. It wasn't just sound advice. They actually have action to put forth. So those are my tips. That's my magic. I love it. I love it. So simple, but so complex, right? It's so simple, but yes, so complex. So Megan, thank you so much for your tips, your advice here. Any just kind of final nugget, final thought here as we, we wrap up? Hmm. I guess I would just say... Let's see. I mean, I, I have so many, but I, I just really, <laughs> I really, like, I really value, I, I could just talk all day. I love to just chit chat, but yeah. um, I, I value that you, you allowed me to be here today and to share. And I just trust that whoever was supposed to hear this today um, is supposed to, to be hearing it. And so um, I guess, I, sorry, my daughter keeps calling. She's the only one <laughs> to do emergency bypass. I tell you, even though I said, Hey, don't call me for the next hour. Um, <laughs> That's how it works with teenagers. So right. I, I would just say, just remember, you just have this one and only life. You know, God said that he, it's supposed to be this abundant life. And if right now the season of life that you're in is not feeling abundant, you are not living out of the overflow. You're not enjoying your current assignment. Um, would you please consider just leaning into that and being willing to ask some hard questions? Because uh, I just know that God does know you. He does love you. He has prepared you for something good. His plan for you is so, so good. And so um, be willing to ask some hard questions and potentially make a change. And, and know that he's got you. Don't ever stay around for the wrong reasons or out of fear or out of need or out of stability. You'll always be blessed when you go where God calls you to go, even if it seems crazy to everybody else around you. So that that's be what the encouragement I leave you with today. Step out and do something crazy. I love it. Dream yeah. big, go for it. And uh, I love it. So, so powerful. Uh, well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today and listening and watching and uh, excited to be with you guys. Check out uh, the book on, you can get on Amazon, all kinds of places like that. Check out uh, what she's doing. She's got all kinds of stuff. So any specific location you would want to send somebody? Yeah, you can just find me on Instagram. I'm just Megan Valentine one. And then you can find the links to everything we talked about today right in the bio there. So excited. Yeah, let me know if if you heard me on here and we and you want to connect about anything that we talked about, just shoot me a message. Would love to hear from you. I love cheering people on and encouraging them and look forward to connecting. 
All right. Well, hey, thanks, guys. We'll see you real soon.